0: Holy fuck, Jesus Christ, Evan. What is that? <laughs>
1: it's cake. <laughs> what is it? It's cake. Hey. It's cake. That's That's okay. Go.
2: So I guess I should say before we go any further, uh, Volker tours has a rule about covering a movie. If it's from a sibling pair, if the movie is significantly part of that pairs output uh, in this case, if it's yeah. a sequel to something they've already done, or if it's a movie of interesting cultural value, uh, So, for example, if we were to do Zucker, Abrams, Zucker, we would probably not do the scary movies because I don't think those have the cultural impact that Airplane does. So, yes, this is not a Wachowski sisters film, but we think it's an important part of their oeuvre. So we're talking about it. What do you guys think?
3: I I agree. uh, Yeah.
4: Anyway, I I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. I think start with one. (laughs) Yeah, right. I I think that it is uh, good doing something kind of uh, interesting, awesome, maybe profound, pretty rad. But I think ultimately, uh, as we have kind of discussed off mic, it is it it fails in the execution. Who said that?
2: I I did, but I also think I'm wrong. (laughs) because uh, here's the thing Dang. this movie you're,
4: you're playing devil's advocate with yourself Paco well here's the thing I've watched
2: this, this movie three times a for
4: this episode
2: yeah I mean, you've got it we've got it this episode should have like a vulgar Auteurs, uh meeting about what we're going to talk about for this episode <laughs> uh, right. and what's important to cover because I feel like right. that's the only way to like truly capture the vibe of the movie but here's the thing oh, yeah. I don't think it's the most entertaining movie. I think they've made better action movies elsewhere. I think some of the philosophy is kind of iffy, but I also think this movie is the most interesting statement about franchise filmmaking and about Hollywood and IP that's been made in a long time. I mean, not that they make a lot of movies about that, but it's, Utilizing these weapons that are destroying Hollywood to make a point about cinema culture. It fucking. It's kind of boring, but I can't help but respect it. It's like watching an Ozu movie.
4: That's I'm okay, gonna that's, again pretend he didn't some say shit. that, fine words, that is but, some shit. I've promised so, piece of Paco can you repeat you that? Yeah,
3: right, <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> I, I think
4: I think a similar thing, but I think that instead of well, I think it's I think it's that. I think this movie's a lot of things, and I think that trying to pin it down into a single thing, as the movie rightly points out, isn't really what you should be doing. Um But I think that uh, it is taking aim at like fandom and the uh sort of rabid kind of need to like uh analyze everything and and uh i i think in a way lana wachowski is saying or at least implying that like people are putting words in her mouth or trying to make things of a very personal story
2: well i think that's very clearly the case and one of the things she's had a lot of frustration with because uh, most particularly, the alt right has taken red pill uh, and turned it into something that's but, the exact opposite of what she I don't wanted. think
4: it's just that though. I oh think that's no, it's big, not. Right. But I,
2: that, I think that's like the most clear cut example. of No, someone... well, there,
4: but there are whole sections of the film devoted to discussing that particular point. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, this whole movie. Is Lana Wachowski just like teeing up a lot of stuff and going off on it? And again, there's this like very kind of personal statement here, uh, where it like Warner Brothers, and this is where the sort of the corporate critique comes in the cinema culture. Warner Brothers is going to make this movie with or without
1: mm-hmm. whoever
4: wants to be in it, you know what I mean? It's happening, but there are a number of moments where I, I think there's even a time where, where it's Neo talking to Bugs and and he says something to the effect like i'm right back where i started like it feels like everything i did didn't mean anything Mm
1: -hmm. and so
4: it's like in in a way like forcing lana into this position to make this film is like denying like aspects of her personality that were like explored in the making of the film kind of in a way like the matrix like trans metaphor and stuff like i think there's a very very kind of visceral reaction and this is an artist like pushing back against that like disgusting culture that, that like, would force someone into that position. You know what I mean?
2: I think that's definitely a part of it. And I think it's interesting because much like Neo, Lana was told the Matrix is happening with or without you. Would you like to be involved? So it's not right. quite Neo's situation. Uh, she had well, but, the but, i mean but, well but, but there's
4: there another there's another point where where neo says like i'm basically a self-insert in the game like i think there's an implication that like lana is basically coming out and saying like yes like neo stands in for a lot of us
1: yeah and, and so yeah.
4: I, lana I think there are put those put the word like
3: i feel like lana puts her words into the character of neo's mouth when he's having the conversation with trinity about like asking like do you feel like there's a lot of elements of yourself in the video game quote unquote the matrix the past Mm -hmm. movies Uh and he's like yes there is a lot of me in there and I feel like that was absolutely them just
1: being
4: like yeah that's uh I think all of the the characters and their reactions are like aspects of like different things that are like being explored like Lana has her gripe with like Neo particularly like to use him but there are a lot of other things the characters like there's so much meta context in this that that if you weren't kind of like in the time period right now it would make it's gonna be difficult to analyze this like outside of like now
2: yeah i think it's such an interesting statement on contemporary hollywood that i i do wonder how it will age Uh, i mean some of the things i don't think are going to change like it's not really a focus group but like the boardroom brainstorming where all these fucking guys who don't know what they're talking about are saying what the matrix is about uh, yeah. Is something that feels so of this moment in time, but also feels kind of timeless with Hollywood. Like it's always been run by vapid suits who don't know shit about movies. Well, they, in this
4: one, it's it's guys with like uh, statement necklaces, drinking lattes like in tiny cups, but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
3: It's and
4: you know it's whatever. They
3: perceive to work for focus groups and shit like that. Doesn't matter about the story, is what really would work.
2: And it's like interesting kind of her point that Jason Kyler, who knows nothing about the film industry, made the decision to put Lana's movie on HBO Max the same day as in theaters without consulting her, like he did with oh, really? other filmmakers. Yeah, all of those day and date things, filmmakers were not made aware of ahead of time. HBO announced it and then had to go clean it up. Uh, But obviously this movie was more or less done by that point. Uh, But, you know, the idea that tech bros are part of the culture and just not making it better is not (laughs) in any way groundbreaking. But... I think it's just interesting to see a creator reckon with how people have interpreted their work over the past, like 20 years and how uh, confused and frustrating it must be. Like Neo's reaction in that scene is one of the most interesting parts of this movie to me where he just, Keanu can be blank. Well, like having, like yeah very deep uh internal monologue so even though he doesn't say anything just from keanu's kind of like attempting to keep a blank face you clearly get how he feels about it and yeah through i think does a good job of that in this movie. How, yeah i think the cast all does pretty good jobs with what is honestly kind of a tricky uh
4: yeah.
2: Role. Uh, like well, again, nobody like, has an I, I think easy this,
4: one. Well, it's like the the subtext in this movie is made main text. Like this is a movie where all of the themes, like everything that that they said the Matrix was in that like pitch meeting, is like then put into the movie. This is like like hey, you asked me for a Matrix movie, I gave you one. Like it's it's kind of slop, but it's still done with that Wachowski flair. So like it's entertaining but like it's it's a really kind of empty like there's like this big, you know i'm back at the beginning like it's it's the uh it's the same story but it's different faces like there's this really cynical kind of uh mm-hmm. understanding that like
1: well, this seen. is not
4: a movie that really needed to be made. Sorry, Jay, go ahead. It, yeah.
0: No, it's it's you're so right. It's it's the soft reboot. It's kind of a statement about like when you watch Star Wars The Force Awakens, it's more or less a yes. complete remake mm-hmm. of Star Wars. And the same goes for like things recently like Ghostbusters Afterlife do the same kind of thing. And the Matrix Resurrections, like what's so interesting is you have the filmmaker who was half of the siblings who made the original trilogy, which it has been 20 years or whatever, since the last one came out to kind of give a, a cynical look about what legacy means. Like there will never be a final Batman movie. And what's so Mm -hmm. amazing about this movie is it's about ownership of your creative license and how personal characters are. And so even though this movie doesn't really stand By itself in terms of a good story And if this was your first Matrix movie You wouldn't have enjoyed it That's what's kind of special about it Is it's so Lana's And it's so personal That like when you do see those Like it's such a mind fuck Because when you see those moments Like where they're actually projecting The the original Matrix movie And then they do these flashback quick cuts Like Mm -hmm. I was so sucker punched By the last one with Trinity and Neo Because You know, you watch those movies and we have recently leading up to this and it's it's really beautiful. But I found myself struck more because of the time, because of the length of time it had been since I'd been with those characters. It's a huge statement on like when is when is someone's happy ending or when is the completion of something like what I loved so much about Nolan's Batman movie, like the last the Dark Knight Rises was the fact that like Bruce Wayne had a happy ending where this this kid wasn't heartbroken anymore and and went on and that kind of was like perfect. That's the Mm -hmm, like I don't need to see another Batman movie for 10 years. Yeah. But it's like that's kind of what's so beautiful about this movie is they more or less recreate the original but also make a statement that's kind of like let's hammer this shut and really there will probably be more Matrix movies down the line regardless of the Wachowski's input. But this is that, the final statement of like, okay, yeah. uh, uh,
1: what?
2: that's
4: genius. It's just kind Speaking of... of that's, that's exactly how I saw it too. I totally agree. Speaking
2: of returning to it, uh, what did you guys think of the opening scene of the movie being both kind of a remake and a re-examination of the opening scene of the original Matrix? I, I kind of like that. It. It's uh,
3: Yeah, it's like an odd, It's I, I think it was a smart choice for a movie that is ostensibly a remake of the first but a revisit or like a revisitation of the first movie. And I think it was kind of smart of them to be like, "Hey, by the way, we know what we're doing, and you know what we're doing." And here's kind of like where it's going to be somewhat different because this the the scene it's not like Bugs and Seek are watching the actual events that happen. They're watching Mm-hmm. a new recreation of the events and as an audience member they're like this isn't what happens that's not trinity that's what's, what's great what's happening here? Yeah, this is it's, weird And we have to like I, this is a modal this what's what's going I on love, here? who created this
2: and i love that i love how we're experiencing that with them like when trinity yeah. gets yeah. like tackled uh box is like this isn't what happened just as yeah, it's like positive. the audience would be thinking that
0: yeah well it's like it's positive fandom it, it represents kind of a newer where they're they're not as concerned with like bugs is kind of the new era is billed as kind of that in the first parts of the movie and it's like bugs seemed more enjoying who the like knew who the people were the characters weren't like i don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense like it it felt like positive fandom yeah, fan.
2: like the new generation. i guess i both viewing it like that and not new generation don't generation, like so. that because, I mean, this whole movie is so meta, and I think it's one of its <laughs> biggest strengths. But uh, there's something about it that uh, also kind of frustrates me. Like, I love how it tells you more or less the kind of movie you're going to get. But I feel yeah. like it's also like, uh, you fans are along for the ride now. Like, you're part of it. Uh, I- with, like, Bugs and Seek
4: um no that i i i'll go ahead sorry no go ahead i i have a very similar reading like i i think that the recreation is one of the like the more cynical aspects of this film where again there is a sort of like there's there's an understanding that uh fandom is kind of rabid and that like nothing that you do will like satisfy them i mean there's even a point later where the analyst says uh uh, like the more we manipulate and abuse you like the like more excited you get and yeah, the more output and you s- give. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly we so, give like you nightmares the, the, for that reason right and so like in the beginning i think it's like literally like it, it's it's like a disdain for fandom and like what they're gonna make <laughs> of the movie it's like do you, oh you want a new matrix and you're gonna be like whiny about it so how about we just literally <laughs> remake an entire section of the matrix like it's a really mm-hmm. like cynical you're right, Paco, the fans are along for the ride, but it's like, it's a fuck you, I think, to the
2: fans. Well, it's, say,
3: it's, That's it's, a great point.
2: And I well, think I mean, with so- that, making uh, Morpheus an agent is kind of that same thing, where it's like... Yeah. I think it's just kind of like, oh, you know, like... Uh, it's It's dealing with how... Good things can get turned bad, or at least turned questionable, by this reception with fandom. Right.
3: uh Well, yeah, I, I, I guess like, I could kind of see that. What are you gonna say, Jay?
0: It's just—it's such a—it definitely is cynical, and there are clear, like, great, like, moments in the script of clarity, like uh in the opening. Uh, there's a character or uh, it's Bugs saying, like, why use old code to be something new? And it's like there's all these mm-hmm. little nods to that, which I really appreciated. And one of my favorite scenes, and this is just how I read it, was like when uh, Morpheus takes Bugs into Neo's room. And it's like that fandom of like texture of like... W- like the sim the, the the symbolism of like what ownership fans make of like oh my gosh that's neo's room you know sim- like yeah similarly with ghostbusters there's a moment where like they are going through like one of the ghostbusters the new one they're going through like an old uniform or whatever and they pull out a crunch bar wrapper and it's but it's like a character ate a crunch bar in one of those movies, like that's a weird nostalgia kick that that's what I felt like Neo's room was an example of of going like fans are going to geek out like all the Easter eggs and all the Marvel movies of like, holy shit, that's Thor's hammer. Like pay attention to this and we want you to see this and we're winking at you here. It's like in that moment, I was like, this is so funny because like, oh, that's Neo's room from the first movie, which is the only time that you ever saw it. But it was so remarkable that it does kind of stand out. And when you see it, you're like, oh, that is Neozerm. It's it just kind of like there are all these weird moments that struck me in a profound way. Um I don't know. It just was it was interesting to see that type of love of the material and what it is versus the output of like what happens after it's not yours anymore, where it's your fans are now loving it and it's now part of the studio system to sell shit. And it's like it's it's yours, but it's not yours anymore i kind of also see that too as like as going sim similar along the lines
3: of what terry was mentioning It's like it's a little bit of a cynical look at like fandom to me i kind of viewed that as like it's his old room like who gives a shit he spent like two yeah. minutes of the first movie in it why exactly. why do we care how important that room is like oh my god it's, it's the it, room. Exactly. but it's but to bugs character yeah to them as the revolutionaries it's his that's where everything started to them, it's not just a like. Oh my god, it's Neo's things. They're more like, holy shit, this is where everything started. Was literally the first movie starts in his room, him waking up or at his computer. Like that's it's a bigger deal. But I still kind of saw that as like, who gives a fuck? It's his room. We we aren't in it. Like it does. It doesn't play any character in the original movie. But yet these new people who who know the story, and know the legend. They're just geeking so hard about it that it means something to them and like like i said in i understand to a certain extent why because on the story level they would be excited because they're like holy shit this is where everything started that changed the whole world but as a viewer it's kind of like i don't know that's kind of silly like geeking out about something that doesn't have that much significance as a material thing
4: we we, they like venerate it outside of it sort of thing but I, I think, like, this movie, something interesting, uh, I think it raises, is, like, the limits of, like, sort of art in so far as, like, authorial kind of control. Because there are a lot of people that subscribe to, like, the sort of the death of the author uh, thinking where, like, mm-hmm. when your work is out, when it's been, like, submitted, like, you know, to for consumption, basically, that your intention kind of doesn't matter anymore. The fans make that. But, like, what we're seeing here, I think, is, like, Lana pushing back really heavily against that and saying, no. Uh, like authors matter and authority
0: has to sell too. Yes, right. Having to twist to the
4: idea of
2: again, it. I don't know that that's necessarily true because everyone argues over what the matrix means. So, no matter how you put it out there, people are going to read it how they want. Okay, but I. So I would say yes. So the matrix
4: is a lot of things and it is not a specific thing. And Lana has even said this, I think probably even Lily as well. Um, And in the movie, they kind of make fun of that, but the, the uh, trans subtext is so apparent in this film. I think that there is kind of a, like it, it, it is pushing a very specific kind of reading because there are so many instances. And it's not just like the one I mentioned where like, they're fighting in the men's bathroom and then like bust through to the women's bathroom like that one was kind of like a fun one where i was like oh that's well, like subtle.
0: binary like it, but... is a game it's a mm. construct
4: yes like fuck yeah and that's that's I did some think cool shit
3: jessica uh what's her name jessica henwick real says the line really yeah. really quickly so it's hard to guess but i think it's a really great line when she hands morpheus the pills and the options he's like yes you call us a choice so she's like well society's been trying to p- press these binary decisions on us for all the for a long time and like I just yeah. realized that none of it's not really even a fucking choice if you already know what you're gonna do and you already know what you believe in like I thought that was kind of beautiful well, it's like no but we've that, been, we've that's, been these binary choices have been shoved down our throats when really nothing is perfectly that binary
4: but that's is the most important seems. part of the, but the most important part of that scene I think is deliberate like, it's like right after that where she says the choice is an illusion you already know what yeah. you have to do yeah yeah that's that's the kicker like that's when so it's saying that like the red pill and the blue pill like the metaphor it doesn't fucking matter yeah it doesn't matter yeah like, exactly and i you're... feel like that's
3: what the previous movies were like trying yeah to totally and finally they're at a point where it's like no that's just the thing now we're not trying to make that the point that is already the point and where do we move on from here especially well, but it's also
4: started. like well, but with also like the sort of personal aspects of it like yeah absolutely the, the like rejection of the binary like it, yeah. that's irrelevant like you know what you have to do it's you have to embrace like who is you you are the, the real you the yeah. you you see in the mirror the one you know is real mm-hmm. like well
0: it's the idea I, that I, I think it's, yeah it's
4: yeah. just beautiful yeah. i i really like that about the film
0: well yeah it's, it's just like uh we, we were we were talking earlier about like the coffee scene where you you know throughout the movie you're seeing different reflections like mirrors play a huge part of this movie um and mm-hmm. it's just like uh, Trinity and Neo are have a different look to everyone in the Matrix because they're supposed to be fooled into this facade world or this is how I read it and the idea is like every time you see reflections or like there's a flashback with bugs where Neo's going to jump and you see a different person for a flicker of a second and it's what I loved about the scenes of them together for the first time is that they're seeing each other for what they truly look like to each other in the real world Versus the Mm -hmm. facade construct that was created for them. And it's the idea that regardless of whatever was planned for you or put on you and controlled you, it's like, that's what the kind of um, profound things that I liked about this movie and the idea too, that they use, it's the matrix resurrections and they even throw out reboot at a certain point because of course it's like the matrix reboot of course that makes sense but it's resurrections is like that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's it's returned from the dead it doesn't it, mean it was like, a, like, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Rises it, it, it was or dead lives. it has
4: been forcibly drawn it's, up with like a cult magic that's, like literally yeah, that yeah. carries yeah. a
0: huge weight that i thought was really awesome and and not to liken it to beetlejuice but there's a part in beetlejuice where uh beetlejuice uh conjures up uh, uh alec baldwin and gina davis and they're kind of growing old and decrepit and they're becoming physical and they're they're conjured and manifested for the enjoyment of others and that's kind of how he felt about trinity and neo was the fact that like they're Mm -hmm. it's a puppet show and they're returned again 20 years later to make the same movie and like oh can you fly i i don't know you know i don't know if i can't you like things change and that's okay. Like, I, I don't know. There's so much to it that I thought was so interesting. And we talk about auteurs all the time and what makes uh like someone someone's movie their movie. And the Wachowskis have such a thumbprint on all of their movies. And yet this one for Lana specifically, there was an anger here and a cynicism that I think was, it's kind of like her... Gosh, this is dramatic. Like the Phoenix Rising thing of just like, regardless of what is going on with the, the relationship that she's having with her her sister, like this movie kind of felt like her own big statement using a an already established kind, you know, character's family that she, you know, that boosted her career. Like it's just kind of like a weird cyclical, um just interesting uh uh you know statement i guess
4: yeah well and i i agree it's like an emphatic one it's an angry one and i i kind of appreciate that but it's it's funny to me because i've been seeing like uh like reception to this film and people are like loving it but it's it's funny to me because there is a disdain for fans of the matrix like yeah and people seem to be missing that which i think is kind of
2: interesting like that the critique well i i don't necessarily think that's it i think it's just everyone who gets that views it as well like oh they're not talking about me they're talking wow. about the fans that don't get it uh, but, but
4: like they are talking about you though you know what i'm saying they're talking about all of us and even now even now me sitting here considering like what I would like how I'm going to tell Lana story that was the resurrections is like a violation of what she's arguing against in the film. And I feel bad, but like also like the film kind of demands that you do that. It's like this really strange juxtaposition between trying to understand it and also accept what she's telling us. You know what I mean?
2: And uh, I think of the part where they describe the Matrix's like philosophy as uh kind of when it's, it's they're weapon. talking about it, it's like
4: they, it weaponizes things right
2: uh, that but they're also talking about how uh like is it actually deep or is it really shallow like uh right. and uh, i feel like i've been kind of distracted by that in this conversation because normally in a movie like this i'd be talking about the technical stuff like how they shot some of those scenes with the analyst or uh different other things but in this one I'm just still so compelled by this world that might be really shallow, even <laughs> per Lana, but like seems to have this like depth of artistic statement, you know? And it's the most compelling thing about the movie to me. Uh, I'd like hundred percent agree. I mean, it's, it's vulnerable
0: it's, as fuck. Like, like Neil, like says, what if I'm not what I once was? And then Trinity, what is it? Trinity going, then we're fucked like i i that's no. such a huge Seek.
4: uh oh, well, there, there's a bunch of things like that but there's even like again there's other ones too where uh the city of io like io there is a myth where io uh the goddess also referred to as isis in the myth uh changes the sex of a baby uh like for whatever reason it's part of the myth so like they should have named go, it isis well sure but they, they go into the city of Io and they see uh, the like bio sky or whatever, like which it like, oh, this looks real. Like the, the like Io itself passes as a, like something else, like Io as a city, as a representation, like so many things in this movie are a representation of like these themes. And it's well, just like the
0: love. The love story is kind of like Homer's. I think I, I mentioned the Odyssey every episode, but it's like Odysseus's journey to find Penelope. You dude know, like it's uh, I just, like that's it as, what i God. felt was kind of compelling
4: no it there is there's so much mythology crap that's the thing like there's a lot of it yeah. like there's, a there's thing like an Orpheo an and eurydice like yeah to it as well
0: well,
2: well and it's, and it's, it, it's also the, the
4: ship is named there's Anasites also as well
2: yeah uh like a uh what's it called fuck sorry i fucked up the joke i was gonna say it's also (laughs) like and then like name a teen romance but i don't know any teen romances um (sighs) humble bride she he's all that kate leopold it's so it's also like he's all that (laughs) uh no he's all that with uh that tiktok star and some other random guy like you know because it's about how love triumphs over adversity uh all right well in i drove out to the ground uh, yeah. no
0: but also not even that but just love and humans triumph over like uh like it it wasn't lost on me that in the real world or whatever where it's all cozy uh sweaters and stuff and everyone's like it's the real deal that they're working mm-hmm. with with uh synthians and humanity's relationship with computers has changed immensely since 1999 and 9-11 that this movie felt like an interesting, like it's, there's no more of these binary, like you're a good guy and you're human and you're a bad guy and you're machines. It's the idea that in the future of what the real world is, is people working together. I, I don't, it's, it's yeah. free will. It's free. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of
4: love that. It, it, yeah. It's interesting to see them as, as earlier, like with you, with you Paco, like they're playing devil's advocate with themselves here, or at least Lana is
1: mm-hmm. like,
4: there is an attempt to, like, critique the edifice of the Matrix, both in popular culture and also, as you said, Jason, like, that it's kind of shallow. I don't remember who said it exactly, but, like, this is as much, like, an attempt to soft reboot as it is to resurrect it and say, like, look, like, this is the bleeding corpse and it's, this story is done, like, don't make me do this anymore. It, well, like, so it's
2: a tarry, but then They, they it think... like, we know
4: where there's
3: going to be more made, though.
2: Well, I are like, like, just like, gonna go on and make though. the world. Terry, I think you use the perfect word for it: playing with itself. Because <laughs> here's my major issue with this movie: is it's incredibly masturbatory, it and is. hell yeah, is it is it okay for a film like this to be so challenging and prompt all this stuff if? It feels almost intentionally bad and lazy. Uh, I no, yes, I, I mean, agree with that. It's like, like someone's thesis. Th- are,
0: like this feels like this was Lana's like thesis film or whatever. Well, but the, like, there
4: are parts where he, like Morpheus comes out of the toilet stall and he's like, "Oh, and here we are at the beginning, like in a toilet stall." Like they're making reference mm-hmm. to like how grungy and shitty it is. Well, like, he even said
0: like, "Oh, I, 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 sorry, was that too much of a callback or whatever?" Um, yeah, yeah I was trying know. to do but the most thing, but it out. Is,
1: but
2: it, but it does well, well, feel low effort. Well, it's also it's, another line. It, it turns into a zombie movie, which is I uh, totally at this yeah. point, which was dope. Kind which of was just super lazy. Uh, well, like people, I feel like this part souls. of the
3: zeitgeist, though. Like people are so into zombies and like mindless drone sorts of things, and I just feel like they added that in as like eh, I feel like the most most people most moviegoers are gonna enjoy that aspect because every fucking. Every sort of like product I feel like or entertainment these days has to have some sort of element of zombies in it.
2: Exactly, and it feels like both a it's commentary on that it. and how lazy it felt is. I thought this was
3: the commentary. And yeah, yeah.
2: Even the action feels lazy. It doesn't feel anywhere near the standards of the original trilogy,
3: nor the scope. Uh,
2: it it just feels like it's one of those things that they it just was not a priority. But it feels as a result almost intentionally like a fuck you to yes. the fans.
1: Yes. And
4: that that is how I feel. I think it's intentionally lazy. What did you guys think I of don't, the Oh go on Paco?
2: I just don't know how I feel about making a movie that's like more or less a giant fuck you. Like I one, I respect that's the true. hell out of it. But <laughs> Is it an entertaining movie? Is it something no. I'd recommend? No. I, no, it gets. I it does don't get a think it
4: much. is. It's it's tedious and it's preachy and it's and at a certain point, like like maybe it's time to pass the torch. And I don't. I'm not saying more Matrix movies, but it's like like it's okay to let someone else have like talk about these things. Like I know that unfortunately they're going to make more movies and that's the way it's going to be. But like, yeah, I think you're right, Paco. It is kind of like overly masturbatory and it like it's it's indulgent in a way. That the other ones aren't, and it impacts.
2: Oh, hang on! Know. The other ones are pretty goddamn indulgent.
4: No, they are, but 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 not in the way that this one is. This this one is like it's to a fault. In this one,
2: I mean, it was to a fault in the sequels as well. Yeah. Like <sighs> yes, there was a scene the, where the Merfrojian made a lady come via cheesecake.
4: I know, but that's that's like kind of hilarious. But no, I mean, like the stakes for all of my guff about like. Uh, reload in resurrections the stakes felt real the stakes in this movie like the way that like the script the script proceeds it feels like a television show like they cut out these big moments like they don't they don't get arrested at the dock uh all of a sudden neil gets let out of jail and then they're going to do their thing like there's no build-up to mm-hmm. these like uh Absolutely. like things and then they're instantly resolved like it feels really fucking lazy
2: and neil patrick harris is both like a compelling villain and one that it feels like they didn't spend any time on like working on at all. Like, yeah, not as much. He's, he's doing a good job, but again, his characterization feels very lazy. Uh And I don't know. Like, I could go in the weeds for hours on all the statements I think Lana's trying to make, but... I feel like the point of this movie is maybe that's not necessarily the best use of your time when thinking about it. What do you think, Jason?
0: I disagree. You know, I strongly disagree. I think everything that you just said is, is incorrect. Now, Evan. um... (laughs) What did you guys think of the, the,
3: the, like, I loved it, but it was also hilariously ranty. Then I had to turn the subtitles to understand it. The return of the Merovingian, where he's just, like, going on, making all these, like, portmanteaus of, like, different things. Be like, this wiki bullshit stuff. You people did this to us. Like, the whole, like, rant about how, like, the next generation or who the fuck ever ruined everything. And now everybody's all be texting, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was was so random, but I, I love how they did it. And Lambert Wilson fucking
2: rules. I uh, just can't like, stand the Marathinjian as a I character. I get it, but I thought he was hilarious in this.
3: Like, him as like the run down fucking exile the beard, like grungy hobo looking dude, like who's just pissed off at his circumstances and now he's like mm. ranting about some he's he's just essentially angry at the the next generation pretty much, like yeah, it's it's it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. And he fucking kills it. But again, it, like you guys were saying, it's it's weirdly out of left field. It's... The, the words... The points he's making are from the Merovingian, but it kind of seems also like an older generation filmmaker saying this about the younger generation of people. Just out of the blue, just randomly. Nothing about, like, The Matrix or anything, but just in general about, like, it used to have conversations, things were a dance, and now it's all blah, yeah. blah, blah, texting. Mm-hmm. It's like... What are you talking about? They're fighting. Like, what? What do you? The, we text. None of this has been mentioned in the movie. Like, why are you making this rant? This is very out of nowhere. It's, it's it was weird to me.
2: I really. But just, it was funny. Yeah, it just he's never worked for me as a character, uh, and that that didn't change it. But it was it, I guess interesting. Um, I don't know. What'd you guess? I.
0: I I like that the movie wasn't the it didn't go the route of like Bugs is the Shia LaBeouf character of Indiana Jones, where it was like Mm -hmm. Bugs is going to carry the franchise like this movie did feel it's it's the anti never ending story. It's the idea that these characters have uh, there's no mantle to, you know, retire from. It's not James Bond. It's it's like I like the idea that the Matrix movies are their they are their own thing. They're not part of a huge, they're an original franchise. And I think what was interesting about this movie being, oh, go ahead.
2: I think that's kind of interesting because that just made me think of like, maybe what they were going for with the Merovingian is something where, you know, we put these characters on a shelf for 20 years, but because the characters themselves have life in their creator's mind uh it's like a uh a thing where well like no matter you can ignore them but they're still there like once you create something it exists and well uh, and and then swarm mode
3: yeah well he randomly then at the end of that whole fight he's like i will he does like a whole like the villain i will get you again and then he says like mm-hmm. in a sequel reboot uh, um spin off and then runs yeah. away
4: <laughs> it's so funny well, but there's there's also another it's, thing that he it's says he's so on, on the nose row. he he says mm-hmm. originality used to matter which mm-hmm. like again is another kind of searing indictment like in this the Matrix. this so film isn't really like, like yeah. original and yeah the merovingian is like himself a relic and he's pointing this out to the like hungry audience who is just lapping this up like this movie's masturbatory but we we all want to eat it up like that's the point so, of the movie it's masturbatory but it's, but it's anti- very self-aware what of masturbatoriness wants. and not afraid but it revels yeah. at the same time though it like because... revels in it yeah
0: but but I it's like I could have uh, had Neo fly and do a bunch of other shit. But it's so not interested in that. So it's like it's not interested mm-hmm. in whatever people are expecting. And I kind of liked that. There a lot of them are like soft punches. Like the idea that Neo doesn't attack anyone directly. Neo's a lot Neo's of not his the same person anymore. is defensive. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. fight it's anymore. It's like these he, characters, he these characters ever age shoot a guy. change. Yeah, but. But what I what I, I think is an interesting statement and in, in how I read it the the second time uh was a lot is put into Neo and Trinity as two individuals that are the strongest they will ever be when they're together. And it's the power that like we need a second mind. And that's kind of what was the the poignant, sad thing about this was that it did start with Lily um Mm -hmm. and lana that that was kind of almost like i felt unless i'm just too sensitive but i read that as kind of like two minds are better than one and like i i don't know it just it it was more about love and what
2: you could do yeah so much of their work is about the power of love and uh this truly is about that uh in a way, but because a, the eventual story is about how it's not about the one, it's about yeah. the yeah exchange of how the one works between the two. That I don't know if there's any other way you can read that. The yin to well, the yin, like oh, well, but I also alone think alone to have a particular value.
4: Well, but this also this is another rejection of the binary. It's not two separate entities. Mm-hmm. It's one. It's not binary like, code, baby. N- yeah. Computers. Well, but it's like Neo and Trinity themselves like cannot exist without the other. But it's like no one can hold you separate. Like whatever. Uh, like if if Neo is actually not Neo, he's like Trinity or like because you, you know Neo has some kind of like what would be coded as like more feminine kind of traits, and Trinity like works on motorcycles. You know what I mean? Like there's this yeah. implication that like. No one can force them to be apart because it's not meant to be that way. I guess guess what I'm saying
2: though is like, I think it's an intentional creative statement or love letter that the one has less power than Trinity uh, Mm. because it's like a statement of, I think you could interpret it as a statement about how working together, say with Lily, uh, is more powerful yeah. than working on your own, which I think is what Jason was saying. Uh and yeah. I yeah. totally didn't pick up on that when I was watching it, but I think it makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, same. It's kind of like I mean the, the whole uh discussion that the analyst or the what analyst was saying was po- I mean now uh, this is just, you know, speculation, but like possibly that is meant to be interpreted as like Lily and Lana's relationship as uh, filmmakers together for all mm-hmm. of their time that they've been together making films. He was like, "When you two were together, it would cause too much trouble. But if we kept you just far enough apart from each other, then we could still utilize your power and, like, you know." It, I I anyway. think that like I don't know exactly I mean, what that means. That maybe I don't
2: know like that. if that's necessarily the case well, because steal from I you think, suck your life out. I think uh lily chose not to be a part of this from if i understand things correctly well but, but
4: based on lana's reaction though she's so angry it's like one of them had to do it and she did but again like there's an implication in the film that that doing this film is to like kind of reopen trauma that it's to go back to a time uh that is like when she was a different person and well so it's not, one of
2: the reasons she like, like, apparently fair. took the film is because uh before it was offered she'd had a lot of real life trauma like i think both her parents died and then a close friend died and this was kind of a way for her to deal with that trauma uh is no like yeah that going
4: back to that story like neo says yeah. this like in the film and
0: yeah. well it's it's existential as fuck because it's the world doesn't end when you do and it's it's that's it this feels like there are so many things to unravel about what it is to exist and especially after you know the the trauma the the trauma the trauma um the croon and trauma uh oh, the, the, the trauma that uh you know she's sustained I mean she's a different person than she was in 1999 and I think that yeah. evolution is kind of it bookends. It's just like the beginning of their career. I mean, Bound is the shit, but The Matrix ostensibly was their crowning kind of point that this feels like it bookends a certain chapter that makes me even more stoked to see like what Lana does next. And fingers crossed that it's, you know, with Lily too, but this, it does have an angry, cynical side, but it feels kind of cathartic. And I could feel her catharsis through the the image like it felt like she was working through a bunch of shit in an interesting way that you would not see in like a 190 million dollar studio film that's the fourth in a franchise that that's what makes it kind of an interesting anomaly whether or not that works as a movie versus like it's a hangout movie where there's familiar vibes and there's interesting scenes but it's such a non-movie more of an event yeah and i don't yeah i don't think it works as a movie like if you were to plot it and if you were to work, think of the characters and if you were to think of all of these other things, I don't think it's really that strong. And yet of a bunch of the movies that I've seen in 2021, it stands out because it's so remarkably different with something so familiar. It's just it's it's just interesting. You you like I would be super down if George Lucas came back to make a Star Wars movie that was this cynical where it was like, you know, fuck mm-hmm. you. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think that's interesting to see a creator come back and kind of bookend it. So now it's the the chess pieces in Warner Brothers court to see where they go with this because they're kind of it's an yeah. asshole well, move. If, and you know, I just want to.
2: Like, it, it, sorry, f- you can go ahead. I was just
4: saying, it's a franchise movie that rejects the idea of big Hollywood franchises. Like, that's that's the funny part. Go ahead. I
2: just I want to briefly note that we're kind of in this weird moment where a bunch of movies have decided to do that. Uh, because without going into spoilers, Spider-Man No Way Home is attempting to provide the best of all the moments of the franchise. In one movie and it's kind of the opposite of this and it's all about totally. trying to please the fans and provide the most <clears throat> satisfying like popcorn experience and I don't think it really which I dug don't get me I, I was fine speaking for me not vulgar yeah. tours speaking for but me. I, I think it's interesting uh, and we're recording this the day before Scream 5 comes out, which is apparently from reviews, also all about the legacy of franchises. And one of the things I thought was interesting is it coins a term that I think is useful here, uh, requel, where it's not a remake, and, or it's like kind of both a re- remake and a sequel at the same time. yeah. Uh. And it stinks. In um, remakes. And I, I mean, that's kind of what this is. That's like what uh, fucking Force Awakens was. But it's it's interesting that we're at a moment where I think people are getting so frustrated with these like IP experiences that filmmakers feel the need to sort of provide like a commentary on an entire franchise. And well, because there's a lot like of five weight. companies yeah. that yeah. Like, make movies. It's though. too
0: much weight. Like, I think the Wachowskis too have been pioneers with like original concepts and have steered more towards original like things that they either produce like adaptations or like I you know you don't see them making these franchise like even Speed Racer. It, it, it's like
1: I it's I, I, like,
2: I mean there's Sorry. just there's no budget for original. High concept movies anymore, outside of like one or two a year. And last year, that was probably Free Guy. Like, uh, oh god damn it, dude! (laughs) That just when you told me that that movie was
4: successful, and it it just like it destroyed me inside. Like, I just yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just I'm I'm stoked that this got made because in a perfect, I mean, in a non-perf, in an imperfect world, it would have been the like I think you had said Cal Penn wrote a script or something Paco for like a fourth matrix before this one was greenlit. That sounds Um, right. And uh, I just like, I like that this exists. Like I'm, I feel safer that this is out there and it's, it really is kind of, you know, speaking of like the Zuckers, it's a low key kind of parody of everything that we've seen in pop culture in the last, since the original matrix came out where you did see even since the matrix revolutions came out, that was pre MCU pre all this bullshit Mm -hmm. that it's, it's super fascinating. Like I, I kind of, um, it comforts me that this movie is out there. Um, it just, it's, doesn't work as a movie because you need some investment to get what, who these characters are. And that's a lot of investment, um, that, fresh fans aren't going to come into this with
4: but well it's also like hyper topical like we discussed like if you didn't live now understanding this context would be a little yeah
2: i'm gonna be very curious to see how i feel about this movie in like five years because it's so referential to the moment but again i don't know how timothy chardonnay and matrix five is great (laughs) yeah Matrix
0: 7 was my favorite but uh, one, like they wrote this movie years ago
2: they shot it almost all before the pandemic so uh, clearly some of this is not if not timeless like they're more ongoing issues and so I think it'll stay sure. fairly relevant for some time
3: I mean I'm yeah for some time I don't feel like oh it's yeah so much no first no fucking yes. question oh yeah
1: oh, even though that is set
3: that is, like, this is a that companion. is a 90s time capsule, but this is, like, I feel like this is one of those that is, because it's so meta, and about a particular well, it's is, a companion. Hollywood issue, which has always been an ongoing issue, but it's, like, it's a yeah, it's a good companion piece, but I still feel like it is not absolutely going to be as timeless like or as relevant as the first Matrix was 20 years mm-hmm. after, oh, yeah. you know? Right. 100%. <laughs> It's apocryphal. Years, it's this like
0: movie. the Animatrix. I don't know. If, you know, it's it's know, like I, a companion I, that you'd put on the Blu-ray in a good way.
4: Well, but I, I think apocryphal yeah. is like interesting though, because apocryphal is like something that's been like left out. You know, that that like what's left out was consultation with the author about how mm-hmm. to interpret her text. Like, there's a again. I I just I, I this radiates cynicism.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's the interesting thing too. Is like Lily's. The fact that Lily wasn't involved in this, I I kept trying to parse out like what what did Lily bring to Lana's style? Like what made them both so symbiotic together? And I was having a hard time trying to kind of decipher other than like Lana does seem like she has more edge. I've never thought the word edge or said it, but like she has a certain cutting Like nature to her dialogue and to like the way she shoots. It's more like not pulpy, but I don't know. Like, you know, when the trailer was first uh, revealed a couple of years ago or whatever, like a lot of people had referenced how like beautiful the movie looked. And I do think that the movie's colorful. Like they're clearly like, Hey, let's wet this sidewalk before we shoot this neon yeah. sign with, you know, <laughs> Keanu, like a classic, True. classic, True. but like, I, I kind of like how interesting it looked like some of the CGI looked horrendous. Um, but I also loved uh, you know, I, I don't know, it it uh it wasn't as exhaustive a, as it as it could have been had a as it could have been. Had it could have been. Um I will say that the the church scene with the fight and stuff, like for how amazing the first movie was with that helicopter shit and like people were really dangling from a helicopter and like amazing cutting-edge CGI that like a lot of the stunt work and the special effects weren't as like amazing. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. It just wasn't as like cool as like the highway scene from reloaded or the mech scene from revolution. like really the standout part was close quarters. It's the motorcycle uh, chase when everyone, all the swarm is throwing themselves from buildings was like, (laughs) Oh hell yeah. Like that. There were little pieces like that, that I was so on board Mm -hmm. for. I
3: don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I thought that was a little excessive. I was like, okay. Like, I get that the concept was interesting, but I thought it was, I don't know. There's something about it that I was just like, kind of giggling to myself.
0: Well, is but is there a. a, a f-
4: using people as human bombs? It's
3: is fucking. It's kind f- of hilarious. Awful, like, but, like a bomb awful huh? thing.
4: Well, but again, there's this implication. Like, you know, the analyst says it. Like, we treat you worse, we manipulate you, and it generates more energy. Like, there's like there's so and much disdain I, there's there's yeah, the, also like a, a really like I, I I think you can read that as like either the author but you can also read it as like corporations in this well and system.
2: I think like you know even war has changed in the past 20 years and so much of it is drone warfare and impersonal uh so like sure. that's kind of what I something I read into it but maybe that's too much I will say.
4: No, I, I I think you're on the right track though because like they don't hate anyone. There's no hate anymore. It's not like Smith hates Neo because he hates humans. Like no, these are just bombs. They're just yeah. dropped in personally. It's
2: it's like me. nobody even gives a fuck about that anymore. Uh, I, but possibly yeah. my favorite interesting choice was, uh, a cover song for the end credits. It's like oh. uh.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: You've been talking about this no, for blah.
1: weeks now. Not oh, like not because, band
2: that peed not because she peed on somebody, although that's funny. Uh, but that was all consensual adults oh, and everything on stage. Marketing. And that's just fucking.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. It's,
2: oh, it's just shit. Florida, you know. Um, but yeah. uh, to me, the idea of instead of having like a rage song, finding a. Maybe Lana disagrees with me, but I find that band very uh, aggressively mediocre. And instead of going with Rage, who have like a very strong, passionate stance, you go with this brass band that kind of tones that down. It feels like a statement on The Matrix itself, because the first one ends with Rage Against the Machine. This one ends with a yeah. cover of Rage Against the Machine. And it's like... Well, I, I think, think...
3: Yeah. Interesting. Well, Interesting. it's like all these movies I feel are... like it was still just as aggressive, but just a cover. Yeah, like I felt well, like it was just... Like a different face for the same thing mm-hmm.
0: Th- that it was recycled it was we're doing the yeah. same song but 20 yeah. years later it just was like i laughed really hard actually because i was like that's so perfect because you're doing a cover song in the fourth movie that's sort of a cover of the first movie going over it yeah, again but reversing yeah. the exactly. roles where it, trinity is, the, is, has isn't the power the song like? So I thought it was isn't the song he has to renegades find her no it's
2: not so. renegades
0: no. Uh, God, I don't remember what it is. Okay. Renegades of Funk is dope, um, though. That's actually one of the
4: few uh, Rage yeah. songs I kind of do. Rage but, fucking um, rules. I really like their yeah, first album. Same.
3: I do too. Yeah. Uh, Mediocre, he says. I
2: mean, because Rage is so good, and, like, they are not. Uh, let's see. I'm looking up the thing now.
3: Uh,
0: well, the Renegades of Funk. Fuck.
2: Okay, before we get to
3: saving face, may I... I am curious what you guys thought of what they did to Agent Smith in this movie.
0: Oh, dude. Okay, another 30 minutes. Let's talk about this.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't like what they did to Smith or what they did to Morpheus. They did them both dirty. I think that oh, was... no, yeah. But they, did, I, they definitely did Morpheus dirty. I think the Smith was
3: okay. I, I, I did think Jonathan Groff was an interesting new take on it, and I'm glad he didn't try to do the whole, like... Like the other dude from Matrix Resurrections, like, you know, Agent Smith thing. He didn't try to play Hugo Weaving. He did his own. But no me he, jokes. He, he's thing. also I, I doing that. it.
0: Yeah, uh, I know no I missed jokes. the knee jokes. No, no, but that was what was perfect about Abdul. It was uh, Wake Up, by the way. Uh, yeah, teen. Oh, um, like I loved him as Morpheus because that's a huge statement in the idea that like we're going to cast someone in this reboot that looks like the original person, but for a new generation who's younger and who's like sexy. And like, he's like, I thought that was funny too. And And he's funny. I like, I like that. They, the villain isn't, um, it's agent Smith in name and in personality, but not like outwardly. It's the idea that it's, these yeah. viruses these like anomalous programs are out to get you everywhere that it's 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 the idea that it's a new villain with the same exact fucking intention well it's but the he same, doesn't have the same like intention. everything is the same he's not really a villain no yeah, he's a, uh, a little different than that
3: yeah i do like their t- they're like sp- even though it wasn't like it doesn't progress I do like the tiny little team up they have at the end that kind of catches off surprise because it's like ultimately Agent Smith at this point has no reason to uh, kill Neo, get rid of him or mm-hmm. like anything like that. It's just more of like they can lim- live symbiotically, but the, the, the way that I don't know, the way that things have to go in the matrix it's just they're they're the yin and the yang of each other and so they have to like live in this opposition in a certain way. Or work together. And Agent Smith doesn't want to work I think together.
2: He's his own selfish little Graft prick. Groff does a good job sort of establishing his own version of that. Uh, I will say... I think uh, Abdul Mateen is a very good actor... Who last year made... Mm-hmm. Was unfortunately... Uh, put in two roles where he had to take over for legendary actors... And legendary performances... And in neither case can he and mirrors stack up. And that's not in any it has to be in mirrors with them. Yeah. yeah,
4: this this is a very thankless role in this. And movie, it, it sucks agree.
2: because he's a great actor, but totally. in both this and Candyman, it's something that just doesn't give him the flexibility to do something new because he's stuck in this place where he has to be these previous actors like to a significant degree for fans yeah but he also can't uh just emulate them because he has to find something new and in both cases i was just like why not just have tony todd or uh, lawrence fishburne it's it's just right well, it's it- not on him they're directorial and so Lawrence Fishburne that said that they I just don't think worked
4: I, I think Lawrence Fishburne said that they didn't ask him and he, he yeah. was like a little miffed about it well I think he yeah. died in the
1: video yeah. game
4: like Morpheus the statue and stuff with
0: you know what I love about Jada Pinkett Smith shows up in this and she's aged c- considerably and she's like in disbelief like there's no one there's no Neo and it's like dude this is Keanu right in front of your face like what <laughs> yeah
4: well but but she's also i i think it's interesting that like niobe is now like uh an old reactionary person who is like resistant to uh like the forces of change and stuff like it's interesting there's there's more commentary there too because there's a number of times where older people are chastising the young for being like uh overzealous you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: well in that case um what do you guys uh, think about moving on to Saving Face? Yeah, it's about that time. Well, do you have any uh, other... No, Terry, you took down a bunch of notes. Is there anything you would like to address before we No, no, we, go on no. we hit a lot of those points. Speak and now, lest I, you I, be.
4: Yeah. I think I'm good. You <laughs> shall be shaved. All do um,
2: do right.
1: right.
3: <laughs> Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So, Paco, if you could pick anyone Mm. from this movie. You can even pick two if you want. Is there anyone in particular?
2: That's tough, because this movie is not one that really makes characters, like, central to it. Like, we discussed, all the actors have pretty thankless roles. Uh, Part of me is tempted to go with Chad, just because uh uh, explain uh, what Chad is
4: speaking of thankless roles
2: yeah he's the handsome Chad uh but he is uh Trinity or what was it Tiffany uh Tiffany Tiffany. uh, I love that shit where she
0: she she breaks his jaw and and is like that's for calling me Tiffany or whatever I love that shit sorry but Mm -hmm. like like
4: but like Tiffany and Chad, like those are like white people names. Like it's, it's yeah. I think yeah. But oh, I find
2: you know, offensive, but okay. He famously was uh, Keanu's stunt double for the original Matrix trilogy, and he now is Keanu's director on the John Wick movies. So uh, I don't know. That's a fun little thing. Obviously, he's not who I'm actually going to pick because that's not enough of anything uh i guess i would go with i mean honestly nothing is really blowing me away but i did like uh henwick as bugs uh like in oh yeah uh, like her and seek are probably the funnest part of this movie because they have like something to do and they're excited they're charming too they're they're really
0: charming they're like the will wheaton of you know the wesley crusher of of this one you know um oh, don't do but him but like, 30 like bugs that. bunny warner brothers you know it's it's uh it's good fun i agree i think bugs was actually a lot of fun like i love the style of their wardrobe and their role as kind of morpheus-y and stuff and the fact that mm-hmm. like you're immersed in this world again with a fresh set of eyes through bugs. And I kind of like that. You don't get that with a lot of big franchise movies to actually re kind of kindle yourself with the territory, with that
4: kind of joy. So fuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, she has like blind faith too. She trusted the one. Well, like also Alice in Wonderland, not to be a dick. My, my pick would also be for Diska Henwick because I like, I think as we've discussed, like, so many roles basically all of them are incredibly thankless in this movie and uh as an original character she has like a huge burden to carry because we don't have the history with her that we do with everyone else and and like mm-hmm. uh one of you said a second ago like she just kind of like really gets into it and makes it fun and i think she is enjoying this movie though didn't she turn down like a marvel movie to take this film like so she, she did she, she was going kind to dope. be <laughs> shang
2: chi's sister uh and, yeah
4: so i mean like she she better make the most of it and like, they, oh
2: boy. <laughs> but it was one of those things where she was told she couldn't even audition for one or the other so she didn't even know oh, she brutal. would have the job and she like couldn't see the script and she went out you know choices is an choice is an illusion you know what i mean
4: yeah that's fair that's fair
2: and i gotta say having seen uh iron fist i get why she wouldn't want to uh take a chance on a marvel thing again um fair enough (laughs) yeah uh she was uh the only good part of that show but not still didn't make up for an awful show
0: I, I I don't know if I'm an outlier here, but I kind of really enjoyed Neil Patty Harris as uh, the analyst. I thought he chewed the scenery so well. His character served an interesting purpose where he's gaslighting Keanu and keeping him at bay and kind of he has blue glasses and blue is kind of representative of the real world. So it's kind of confusing. Right. And I mm-hmm. I kind of adored his like nefarious plan like his reason for existing and like i think i've fallen in love with neil patrick harris since he was in um was it the girl with the dragon tattoo or was it uh gone girl gone Gone girl Girl. gone girl like he's so fucking good in that and i thought this movie was like neil patrick harris is the abc like every like he's just like the vanilla movie like pop movie star cultural you know like sitcom uh comedian how i met guy. your mother yeah the,
4: he yes. he's he's like the tom hanks Which, of television
0: and like doogie Howser like don't like doogie Howser was like a big show when i was a kid and like there's like a certain squeaky clean aspect to him that makes him so fun and interesting with how playful he can be that i felt like a lot of his dialogue could have been really bad, like worse in than it is in the fact that it's like condescending and the fact that it's like talking to you directly, but he mm-hmm. does it in this way that his attitude and is like, it's really where the fuck it attitude of the movie is punk rock to me. And the more that the Wachowski, like the, the Lana, Charm is, and I felt like that synergy between Lana's uh, writing and Neil Patrick Harris's like delivery was super. um Like I relished the scenes that he was in, and how he's so manipulative, and it's just a, he's an interesting character. But yeah, Evan, you you thought the yeah. same? Felt the same? Yeah,
3: honestly, uh, to kind of go off of what paca was saying, there's not much here to choose between characters and, like there's not none of the characters are really fleshed out enough and there's the actors are just given a lot to like not given a lot to work with so they really have to try so I feel like it's kind of an obvious thing that like Jessica Henwick is the standout performance and I also think that Neil Patrick Harris is one of the other standout performances because he's he works so well as that snide villain that one who thinks he's ultimately going to win every single time so he's just this massive piece of shit that loves to manipulate and fuck with people and in, you can tell like his the conceit of his character is that he just enjoys it and he knows mm-hmm. it cuz he feels so all powerful and the point that they make in the end is that he's not um and i think Neil Patrick Harris does a great job of playing that persona of somebody who has all this fucking privilege and power and just just being a, a, sn- a just a snide little asshole just that that's just that snide little asshole um but i will say as much as you know morpheus isn't like much of a character in this movie uh dual mateen the second is fun i really actually like as as much as he's not you know um laurence fishburne he's not technically supposed to be and he even makes point of it like they they make fun of it in the movie it's it's really fun like when when neo gets like plugged back in so that he doesn't lose his mind cuz he's so addicted to the blue pill they he's like you have <laughs> Dude, that's that's a funny little thing yeah. i forgot about that and morpheus is like this welcome back to the construct the crib. I've just been hanging yeah, out here, wait, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> I've just been hanging out here. Shit. He has like a little bar, and he's like dancing yeah. a little bit. I was like, dude, he's he's so really charming. like playing with how fun it's this so character charming. is. And then the whole fight scene that they do, he's like trying to wake Neo up, and like I know what we'll like you. replicate it's a good fight. He's just so fucking that. into it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. great. He's not like super serious. As like as much as I love Lawrence Fishburne, I love the Morpheus of the old movies where he's very uh-huh. serious about it. I love that Abdul Mateen is just like I'm here. I'm having fun. Like the fact I learned that I'm Morpheus. Also, isn't that cool? He's, he's like, got to, so much more swag. Oh, so like, much more swag.
2: He's well. Like, I don't know. There's I just fucking it. Want no. It. He, he has sh- a different, kind,
3: a different, different of swag. kind of swag. Exactly. Like
2: he he shows up out of huh? the fucking. Uh, a toilet stall with like a fucking yeah the nice all yellow suit? crocodile suit yeah. or whatever the fuck that was. There's right. a lot of toilets. A different. There's a lot of toilets in this That's a different movie. kind, a different of, kind swag of swag
4: than like Morpheus's uh, leather. Morpheus has universe, but
2: the like it's, it's more swag. swag. I'm sorry, and it's Abdul
3: Mateen has like a like a like a he's your best friend kind of swag. He's the one that in it like encourages you to go out and have fun. While the swag, I feel like that. Lawrence Fishburne has as Morpheus there are two different types of Morpheuses. is like the,
2: fun, well, the, the wise yeah, kind of Fishburne swag where you're like I respect of the binary, you and i to
3: listen to you because your swag is so fucking compelling
2: Fishburne is a older wise man who has swag Abdul Mateen is a young guy who's figuring shit out and has like that kind of wild swag that the goes with swag. that
3: it's not that one is yeah. better than the other. Yeah. It's just the different swag.
4: Different swag. And I, I dig the like old samurai master swag yeah. way more than like the look at my goofy outfit swag. I I like him,
2: I I like gotta him disagree.
3: equally. I am just gonna say I like him equally, and that's why I liked Abdul Mateen in this role, because he the way it's written to is, be clear, is silly, I'd like
2: Fishburn. I like Fishburn more in the performance. I think he's better as Morpheus. I just like. I don't know, Paco. You know, sw- Morpheus's drip. He's his, just got cooler clothes. Sweat. That was Quo the point. That's shit really that was the point. I'm
4: not sure I believe you. <laughs> it's
0: okay. <sweat> quotient. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mathematical I, 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 theorem I do, I do think that Joey. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Like Joey Pants dude, should have been in know, somewhere. Just, like he should have been the Agent Smith. Like that would have been the the best dude, Easter my, egg. He's like gonna pop. cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Like if he had showed up as a like as something, I think that would have been rad. He's gotta, like to, a continuation of what happened. It like, should I don't have been. Know, I just when I when of, Neo was waking up and I he like has idea. the
3: the the hallucination that it's Trinity that he's seeing, it should have been Joey Pants being like, mm. "He's gonna pop." <laughs> Cypher dressed as <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he fades out. They're like, we gotta plug him back in. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or or like Hianu had his facial hair in style of Joey pants as the designer, <laughs> where he had like a backwards uh <laughs> Like golf, ca- or like just, a beret, if, or whatever the fuck. If, like if, if him as Kojima or no you know, idea the what game designer. Mm-hmm. If,
4: if we're in the like Wachowski shared universe, I want I want Joey Pants from Bound just to show up randomly,
2: dude. dude that would be so in, good. I was gonna Sans say, <laughs> we should nothing but talent. We should note towel. that there there is a implication of at least a degree of Wachowski shared universe because the movie marquee at the beginning is a movie from sensei
4: yeah and there's a number oh. of actors the there's a number of actors from sensei as well i think I, there was at least three of them that i saw mm-hmm. that's so interesting
2: uh yeah like the the guy that's the super fan is the uh, cop wow. from sensei right? Right. right there's then, uh, yeah. max uh, the, the, german, Remelt, the german guy yeah the the german guy
4: and uh the other gal uh The one with the hair that's like... The one who kind of looks like uh, Trinity, but isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind of like new Trinity.
0: Colored hair is definitely a trademark of the Wachowskis. At least one character has to have some sort of uh, dread or uh, colored weave or Mm -hmm. uh, colored hair. It's kind of interesting. But more about that in our next episode, which is sadly, I must admit, our conclusion to the... Wachowski's filmography for
2: the time being. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, We will be doing our wrap-up, our thoughts, and uh, ranking the films then. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Evan.
3: (laughs) Where? Oh, on Instagram at 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 podcast or on Twitter at tours Vulgar. You can also email us if you so wish to, and we will read those emails and decide whether it's worth getting back to. At uh, tours at gmail uh,
2: And also, if you're the lady that uh, I sent that thing about screeners to, I I know I don't use my real name on that podcast, but I promise it's actually me. Uh, <laughs> and well, that's not sketch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I man I don't wanna get cancelled. You know, what if I say something offensive? Uh also, Market. do you guys wanna know yes. a secret? Must Alright, alright, everybody, come in close. Is this like a fart thing? No. We're gonna be starting a Patreon soon. Yeah. So fucking Oh shit. Oh,
3: shit. I forgot It's about, about, to, that. Get yeah. wow. it's about yeah. to get real. Yeah. It's
2: about to get real. The Vulgatrion. Vol- Vol- we've been working on it for like eight months now and I think we've got some good shit yeah, on Yeah, we have there. at least like so two things. So, when I'm we... <laughs> Shut up. We've got like... Says the guy who hasn't done as much about it. No, nothing. <laughs> <Resin. laughs> we we have at least six, six. some oh, raspberries
0: right. on each other's tummies. Yeah, we'll have yeah. like more to come. We'll
2: have all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, by the time this releases, we might be about to launch it. Or we might have just launched it. So feel free to check that out by... Uh, maybe you're listening to it now maybe. on the,
4: the Gatreon.
2: Maybe we're in the maybe.
0: matrix of the Gatron.
4: Do you guys? I don't know if you want to keep calling it Gatreon Dude.
0: Yeah, that... I, I kind of like it. It has kind of like a vulva, <laughs> yeah. like a like a, a the. It's vulgatron
2: bound. works, but to to know, let's it. sleep on vulgatron it. Works. No, that's vulgatron works. Uh, Vulgatrion. Vulgatron is kind of okay. That sounds like a superhero. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a bad guy in Psycho Borman. Um Anyways, so check that out if you're interested. <laughs> uh, yeah. And until then, have a great day. You, bye.
3: looking up cake farts and that was the first one that came up
1: and the only one that really on a nice chair on a nice chair no less